online. Voice, the voice is online. It's recorded, and if you go to Northside, um, FortLauderdaleChurch.com, you can click on, it says Sermons, and go to the uh, very end of that and click on, this will be online by tomorrow afternoon. And so, you're welcome to, uh, if you want to hear it again, uh, you're welcome to do so. In the world today, in the world today, or I should say in this country today, it's Father's Day. Father's Day. We had Mother's Day last month. We have Father's Day. It seems like there's a day for everything now. Um, every kind of uh, day. There's a, the other day, I didn't realize it, but there was Hot Dog Day. <laughs> and so there's all sorts of different, all sorts of different days. But I got to thinking about the fact, got to thinking about the fact that, um, let me move this over here for you. Okay. Got to thinking about the fact that one time a year we remember, well, we think about our Father on this particular day, but do we think about our Heavenly Father every day? Now you think about that. Do we think about that? Now I'm going to show you a picture because my father has been gone. When I say gone, he passed away 57 years ago. And so I, I have a picture I want to show you, and there's a reason I'm going to show this picture, I think. I think we're going to see the picture. Uh, that's not my father. Okay. That's Harry McAllister. This picture is 63 years old. Now, yeah, that, that's me with a goofy hat on. <laughs> but every, every once in a while, I think about my dad. My dad was a Christian. Now, I've got to tell you, this is my sister over here petting a pony. That's my mother who hated animals. She always stayed inside. That was the meanest pony with, that was ever created. I think I'm trying to strangle it. <laughs> But, but the point is, though, that's Harry McAllister. Harry McAllister was a Christian. He was a Christian. And I didn't get to see him that much late in his life because he was away working in Indiana. And he worked second shift when he was at home. And so I saw him only on the weekends. But there's something I remember about him. There's some certain things I remember about him. And, and, um, and Justin, that's your grandfather right there. And the uh, great and girls, that's your great grandfather and, and grand, great grandmother. So, here's the thing about my earthly father he loved me. He loved me. I was the fifth child, and the word is when I was born, he called everybody on the face of the earth to say he finally had a boy because they had four older sisters. He was patient with me. He was patient with me, and i got to tell you a little story. I liked sports. I was good at track and field. I was good at basketball, kind of good at football, but the worst baseball player that ever created in Little League. And I remember one day we were batting practice, and I couldn't have hit the Goodyear blimp. I was that bad at it. But he t I turned around, and he, was, he said, it's okay, it's okay. He was patient. Some of the fathers would yell at the kids, but not my dad. He encouraged me. He wanted the best for me. 
But he also reprimanded me, and I had responsibilities. I had a, we had a, a, a little, I had a little business. We called it the bait barn. We sold bait. And so, but I had to take care of the business. He didn't, he said, it's your business, you take care of it. Now, I think about his example, but I'm going to move on because we're not here to talk about my dad today, but I remember him as a good Christian man. But we're here to talk about our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, and what he means to us every single day. The thing about my father was he was not perfect. He made some mistakes. We all do, don't we? We all fall short. And he fell in that category too. But my heavenly father is perfect. He is perfect. Now, we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about our responsibilities towards having God as our as having God as our heavenly father. Turn to 1 John the 3rd chapter and in verse 1. In 1 John chapter 3 and in verse 1, it said, See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Now, notice what it says in that verse, that we are called, would be called children of God. Because if you go back to the beginning of that verse, it says, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. Now, I realize in this life, for many people, there are people, the, uh, the fathers left early, just left the family. I met a lady one time or that, she was concerned about her children. The father just up and left one day. Some people don't even remember much about their father. Some people also have good memories about their father. But the fact of the matter is, though, no matter what your background is, as far as your family is concerned, we have God as our father, our heavenly father. And it's because of that, Think about the blessings that we have as having God as our Father. Turn to James chapter 1 and in verse 17. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. You think about what that's, how powerful that statement is that every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. You know why? Because we're children of God. And what does he want? He wants the best for us. He wants the best for us as being a child of God. I'm going to go back to my earthly father for just a minute. He was half owner of a pharmacy. We, he got tired of being in the pharmacy business. He sold his half to his partner, and we moved to a little, we moved to uh, five acres, 
with a ranch style house out in the country. He had some animals and so on and so forth because he wanted that for my mother, my sister, and me. We, he wanted to get out of the city, move to the country, and we did. We lived there for many, many years and really enjoyed that time. Had a little basketball goal in the back and so on and so forth. He wanted what was best for his earthly family. But, but when you think about spiritually speaking, every good and perfect gift comes down from above from our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father. And it's there all the time. When I was 14 years old, my earthly father died, and that was 57 years ago. What did we do? All of a sudden, the big house, the acreage, the animals and all that had to go. We had to move. But continually, our heavenly father continues to give us gifts, perfect things from above. Now, turn with me to Matthew, the seventh chapter and verse 11. And some other time we'll talk about all those different gifts, but I just wanted to make that point today. In Matthew 7, 11, it says, If you then, being evil, know how much to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? Ah. Do we ever lift up our voice and ask our Heavenly Father for, for help or whatever? He said, you do as a child, I'll be there for you. I will be there for you. Now, in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, and in verses 3 and 4. In 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, and in verses 3 and 4. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Notice what it says. Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Pardon me for saying this again, but I've thought about this a lot in two years of, of immunotherapy treatment. And I thought, you know, I pray that this turns out to be where we want, when you want it to be when you're under treatment like that. But there's comfort knowing that our, my Heavenly Father cared about me. And I would pray for comfort, and I would pray that, you know, that this would soon pass. And thankfully it has. But He provides us comfort in all our afflictions. And it's not just physical things, it could be other things too that happen in our life. There are problems within families, there are so, so things that happen. But he said he provides us comfort in all our affliction. And in Hebrews the 13th chapter, and in verses 5 and 6. In Hebrews 13 and 5 and, 5 and 6 he said, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I'll never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? 
what will man do to me? You know, as it says, he will never forsake us. He'll never forsake his children. But when needed in love, what does he do? He chastises us. Now, I'll go back to my father, earthly father. There were a couple times that I was chastised in a physical way. He told me he was doing it out of love. At that time, I didn't really, I couldn't comprehend that. <clears throat> didn't make much sense to me. But now I understand. Because in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, in verses 5 and 11, he said, And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there with whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. There, furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of Spirit and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best for, to them. But he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share what? His holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Here's, a, here's the word of God. It is also a discipline manual. When you think about it, it's a discipline manual. For many, many years, I was a substitute teacher in Broward County. And I remember the first day they gave you, in the training, they gave you the manual about how to, how to act, how to how to make sure that the class was disciplined properly, certain things you could do, certain things you couldn't do. We had the manual. And they emphasized that time and time again. Be very careful. Let me tell you something. We have a manual. We have a manual right here. Now, as children, what do we have? We have responsibilities for having God as our Father. In James, the fourth chapter, in verse 7, we are to submit. And it says in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, in verses 6 through 11, I'll let you read that on your own, to his word and providence. It's our responsibility. You know, when you're raising children, what's, what's something you want to do very early on? To make sure that they learn responsibility, that they have things that they, things that they need to do. I, I, they're here this morning, uh, and, uh, grand girl, granddaughters are here this morning, and one of them in particular, we were over at their house recently, and I, I left something on the table, and she went and grabbed it and threw it in the trash can. I thought, boy, they're getting good training. 
they're getting good training. But she understood the responsibility of keeping a clean kitchen, a, key, a clean house. In James, the fourth chapter, and in verse 8, in James chapter 4 and verse 8, it said, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In Matthew, the 23rd chapter, and in verse 37. <coughs> pardon me. It said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. He wanted to, he wanted to gather them as a, as a hen makes sure that the little chicks are okay. But how do we draw near to our Heavenly Father? By cleansing our hands and purifying our hearts. By asking for forgiveness and strengthening our resolve to serve him. Now, what is this for the Christian? People fall away. What's our responsibility then? To make sure that we are in a good relationship with our Heavenly Father. Repent Confess the sin and ask for him for, for forgiveness of sin. Repent, repentance, confession, and prayer. In Acts the eighth chapter, verse twenty-two. In Acts chapter eight and verse twenty-two. Therefore, what was told to this person here? Repent of this wickedness of yours. And, that, and pray the Lord that, if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. What do we know? As it says in Romans, we all fall short. There isn't a person who's lived on the face of the earth who's lived a perfect life. There was only one who lived, walked on this earth, and that's our Savior, Jesus Christ. Everybody else has fallen short somehow. But what do we know? We know that we could ask the Lord for forgiveness. And he said, I will forgive you. It's done in sincerity. I will forgive you. In 1 John, the first chapter, and in verse 9. In 1 John, chapter 1, and in verse 9. If we confess our sins, what does it say? If we confess our sins, he is righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a comforting thought that is. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What else? We need to remember that Jesus Christ is our Lord and High Priest. In 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, and in verse 6. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, 
from whom all are all things and we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things and we exist through him. Mm. He's our Savior. We partook of the Lord's Supper just a few minutes ago, and, and Brother Min led us our minds in that. And we do it, as he mentioned, we do it every first day of the week. You know, there are some people in the uh, denominational world, and even some congregations within the Lord's body have done this. They decide to put it off and maybe do it once a quarter or something like that, or, or have a special spell celebration once a year. They say, you know what the problem is? If you do it every first day of the week, it loses its meaning. Ah, to a Christian, it never loses its meaning. Every first day of the week. Every first day of the week. All authority in heaven and earth has been given him, as we read in a very famous passage here in Matthew 28, 18. And in 1 Peter, the third chapter, and in verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 3, and in verse 22, talks about Jesus being at the right hand of God. Having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers have been subjected to him. He is right now at the right hand of God. There for us. There for us. Isn't that a comforting thought? Isn't that a wonderful thought? Because it says in Romans, the eighth chapter, and in verse 34, he what? He intercedes in our behalf. He's there for us. You know, and it says in Hebrews, the second chapter, verses 17 and 18, he understands us. <laughs> 